0: Good morning. If you have yet to pick up one of these cards, um, there are some attached to your seats in front of you. You can take those. You can take any of those cards, actually. Um, Steal them right away. Um, But this is our focus card for this Lenten season. Um, It tells you ways to give of your resources to Focus Ministries, ways to pray for Focus Ministries just like we did and this is not on my ear, Stephen said. This is not, this is on my, should be on my ear. Okay, that's better. Okay, now it's, I'm Madonna. Okay, so, um, so I encourage you, pick up one of those. Um, if you have yet, we have a wall over there um, for you to drop off gift cards for them, for their groceries, for their provision, um, and um, sponsorships for their books, um, and pray. May we, may we pray. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Danielle Walker, Um, I am one of the pastors here at Grace, and our text for today is John, surprise, surprise, chapter 17, Um, we're going to start at verse 6 and go through 19, and um, we're going to read that in a second. All of what we're going to read today is a part of a prayer that Jesus prays to his Father, to the Lord God in heaven, to Yahweh. Um, he is Yahshua, Jesus, Yahshua. He is praying to his father, Yahweh. And Jesus prayed a lot, if you did not know that. He prayed a lot. And you may think, Do you know you know what, I've never really gotten that. Like, why did Jesus pray a lot? Like, he was of God. Could he not just, like, look up and go, you know, nothing more to say here. <laughs> you already know my mind, right? Right. Um, He could do that, but let me ask you this. If you've ever gone on a long trip away from the family that you love, from the people you love the most, do you contact them while you are away? Do you communicate with them in any way, text at least, perhaps? Um, We have to remember that before Jesus was Jesus on earth, Named from a baby book. Okay, I don't know. Um, Okay, he was in the heavenlies. The book of John says he was in the beginning with God. He was up there in heaven and he left that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world, okay? So Jesus goes from the heavenlies to the earth, talk about palace living, to the slums, okay? So Jesus comes here, and you bet he was calling home, telling his father about it, okay? Um, Jesus did not pray because Jesus was obligated to pray. Jesus prayed because of this intimacy that he had with his father, with the Lord God. He couldn't not Talk to him. So here we have in John 17, Jesus is deeply troubled. This is mere hour, hours before um, his arrest and his crucifixion and his resurrection, as we know, um, begins to unfold. So he is in agony. He knows that it's coming. And so he is pouring his heart out to the one that he is closest to. And so in these verses, um, we're going to see that he is specifically praying for his disciples. Uh, One of the core 12 has already left. Um, Judas is, during this moment, as we speak, he is in the process of betraying Jesus. Um, And Jesus is powerfully praying for the followers that are left. Um, Now, is he praying in earshot of them? Like, are they in the room? We don't know. Somebody is because they wrote it down, okay? Um, But we also know that throughout the book of John, Jesus had very intimate conversations with people, and somehow we have a record of them, which tells me that John was a great eavesdropper. And so I don't know where John is at this point, but he did write it down. So um, John 17, we're going to start at verse 6 and go through 19. Jesus is praying, and he says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours. All you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly. Sanctified. He keeps praying, which we're going to hear next week. He does end up praying for the world. Spoiler alert! Okay, he's not like I'm not praying for them. He ends up praying for the whole world too. Okay, but specifically for his disciples in this moment. Um, now I don't know how you picture Jesus and his followers, um, but I think that there is a temptation to picture Jesus and his followers. You know, like they're walking around town and like Jesus is always in the front and they're always like trailing behind, you know, maybe single file. Um, And there's a halo around Jesus and he's carrying a lamb or something. And so you have all of these followers of Jesus. That's not what it looked like. That's not the relationship. We have to get over this relationship of, like, rabbi, teacher, disciple, student down here. Okay, that's not the relationship that Jesus had with the disciples. These are his buddies. These are his his best, closest friends on this earth. Um, And so he's praying for his friends. You pray for your friends? He's praying for his friends. He's praying... um, He's praying for these guys that he spent three years with. Almost every day, night and day. Jesus knows that they are about to go through a mess. They they are about to go through the darkest, literally, days of their life. They don't know that, but he knows that. He said, a chapter earlier, he says, there is a time coming. It's in a few hours, guys. There's a time coming when you all will be scattered. You're, you're going you're gonna to leave and you're going to have trouble and there's going to be this tremendous grief. It's coming and they're having to live through it in real time. I've said this before. We are so spoiled that we look at scripture and go, oh, it's giving, he's going to be raised from the dead though. So just, you're good. No, like they're going through it in real time. This is Pain. And they, don't, they are not going to know what to do. They don't know that there is a better day, okay? We know that. They don't know that at this point. Um, and so in Jesus' agony, he prays. He prays for a few specific things, um, two that we're going to go over briefly, okay? First, he prays for their protection. He says, uh, protect them from the evil one, Father. He's praying for their physical protection and their mental and spiritual protection. Uh, This scene gives me just a bit of what I imagine it is like to send off your child into the real world. Whether they go to college or they're moving to an apartment or they're they're gone, the nest, they're flying out of the nest, okay? You have this human that you have raised up for years, that you have poured all of yourself, all of your love, into this human, right? And there's a day coming... When you no longer physically will be with them like you have been. They're they're going to go and make their own way. Jesus says, while I was with them, I protected them. But now Jesus says, "I'm I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm returning to heaven. And I'm sending them into the world. I'm not going to be there physically like I have been. Father, he says, protect them. Have you ever prayed that for someone you love? For your child, perhaps. Secondly, he prays for their sanctification, which is a fancy word. Uh, It can also mean consecration, which is another fancy word. But what it really means at the core is to be set apart. He prays that they would be different. He prays that they would be holy. Help make them holy, he prays. Father, I pray may they be in the world, but not what? Not of the world. Now, if you've been in Christian life... In Christian culture, you've probably heard that. Okay, we've made it a little cliche, honestly. Be in the world, not of the world, right? Um, And honestly, it can kind of make you cringe if you don't realize that Jesus was really the first one that said that. Um, Because it makes you feel like, well, that means I can't listen to my favorite Justin Bieber song anymore. And I can't watch my favorite TV show because there's cuss words in it. And I just, I have to, you know, shop at altered state or, you know. Very pricey so i don't know but um but you know be in the world but not of the world we've we've kind of twisted it and some have taken jesus words here and they they've used them as a reason to go very inward they've used them as as a reason to surround ourselves with christian people Surround ourselves with people who listen to Caleb and, um, and never place ourselves in situations um, that are of the world, with worldly people and worldly things, okay? That isn't what Jesus is praying for. That is not what Jesus is praying for here. Jesus is not praying that they would isolate themselves from the world. Christianity uh, was actually never meant to withdraw people, withdrawers from the world so that we're just living with ourselves, with other believers in our safe places. That's actually the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. is like completely counterproductive to what the mission of Jesus is. As all through the book of John, you have this theme of being sent You're sent into the world, world meaning in the Greek, the place where people do not believe. You're sent into the world. That is what the mission of Jesus calls us to do. So Christianity was always meant to equip believers for how to be in the world, around a world that does not know Christ, with those people so that when we are with those people who do not know him as jesus is praying may we have the strength may we have the conviction may we have may we challenge ourselves with this mission that is constantly pointing to him we are called to be in the world and yet set apart we are called to look differently so that we, when we are in the world, the people around us that do not have a relationship with Christ will look at us and they will go, you're different. You don't, you don't get all worked up like we do about stuff. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't think the same way we do about things. You don't. You're not concerned with all the things that, the, that we're all concerning ourselves with. Where is that? It's actually, that's your way in to profess the hope that we have. Peter says, Be ready in season, out of season. If somebody asks you, Why are you different? That you're in. Like, well, let me tell you, I have this hope that doesn't look like any of this. It's bigger, it's greater. It's actually easier to escape the world, honestly, and just live to yourself than to do what Jesus is actually praying to do. This takes a lot of courage to have the strength to be sent into the world and live holy, live trying to be set apart, to be sanctified while you are in it. So Jesus is praying, Father, sanctify them day by day. Equip them for what they need. Though they are in the world, don't let the, whole, the world grab hold of them. Don't let the world get a hold of them. Protect them. Make them holy. That was Jesus' prayer in a very simplified nutshell, Okay? We, I may have been reading that, and you're like, I don't know what this passage says. Okay, that's a nutshell. Okay, we just, we said a little nutshell there. Okay, as followers of Jesus, his prayer is for us to this day. If we are followers, this prayer is still for us. Still praying it. Okay, he's eternal, so he can pray it all day long. Okay, um, he is still praying that we would be made holy and that we would be protected spiritually, mentally, physically, And our goal, as we follow him, is to look more and more and more like him. That's actually the goal of any disciple in in Judaism. The goal of any disciple was to, you would look, you would become more and more like your rabbi. You would look more and more like who you are following. That is what we are still called to do. As Paul writes, Paul says, imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ, he says. The Apostle Peter says, grow and grow. It's not like an overnight situation. Grow and grow in your likeness of who Christ is. We are to emulate that life that he led, that Jesus led. Now that is like, that is like years and years worth of sermons of how to do that, how to emulate Christ. So, but for this one, as I am up here today, um, it becomes very obvious as we look in this passage what one thing we could do. What one thing we could do to become more in the likeness of Jesus. And that is, we got to pray. We have got to be praying. We got to. Friends, if we want to imitate Christ, the Lord God, Christ, be holy as he is holy. He prayed to the Father. You know, um, statistics of prayer are all over the place, as you can imagine. Um, But the majority of statistics on prayer find that roughly 50% of Christians pray with some sort of regularity about 50%. Now, I'm not talking about corporate prayer, okay? I'm not talking about like uh, what Laura O'Connor just did up here, how you say the Lord's Prayer on Sundays, okay? We're at 100% right now if you're paying attention, okay? We're good. So everybody's in here as a prayer, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you and the Lord God personally. You sit with him. You talk to him. You wait. <laughs> you listen. For what his word says, 50% ish. One study said that 13% of those people that say that they pray, they really do it in crisis. Crisis can take you to your knees, can't it? Yes, <laughs> we know that. 13%. I pray in crisis, that's when I pray. So I want you to think about your own prayer life today. How's it going? I really want you to think about it, because it cannot be denied. We are called to model after Jesus, and the man prayed. He prayed even though he was completely in tune with the Father. He still prayed. Like we said, he could have been like, eh, you know. You know. Roll my eyes, Father. You know. Okay, we could say that about us. Lord God, you already know. Like, why do I need to talk to you? You already know me. That's what the Bible says, okay? And yet, we have Jesus in the midst of his suffering as a human. (laughs) We see him say, I got to talk to him. I got to go away. I got to get away every day. I got to find a place where I can sit. I have got to communicate with the one who is the creator and sustainer of life. So I want you to think about in whatever way that you find yourself not praying, I want you to think about why. Okay, in, those, in those times, in those places when you're not praying, why is that? I mean, just be honest. I'm not going to ask you. It's all in your head. Just think in your head, okay? But be honest with yourself. What keeps you from praying? Um, Perhaps you feel like he doesn't really hear you. He doesn't really hear me. Like it's a nice notion that the creator of everything, the creator of me, hears me. But I'm not only just a little ant, like, like nothing. I'm like a little Adam, like Adam. Um, I'm like this little thing down here and like he's not, he, he doesn't really care. Um, maybe that's you. Maybe you feel unworthy. Maybe there, maybe there's something in your life. There's a sin in your life. There's a habit. There's a habitual something, or something that has happened, and it is a wall. It has created a wall, and you're just you can't you can't cross it. It's just it's an obstacle now. It's really in your head that it's there. It, it can be broken down can be broken down. But maybe that's what it is. You're just feeling there's some guilt. There's, there's some unworthiness there. Um, perhaps you really, at the end of the day, feel like, I got this. I don't pray right now, and things are going okay. When crisis happens, i But right now, I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient. Like, everything's all right. So there's this self-sufficiency aspect. Like, I don't really need that. Um, maybe if you, if you really faced your feelings, there may be something in there that says, you know what, I don't pray because I'm mad. I'm angry because I did once, and he didn't answer. He didn't answer like I wanted him to. He didn't come through for me. I didn't feel like he came through for me, and I'm, I'm angry at him. If that's you, I would say there are, there are a ton of psalms, there are a ton of scriptures in the Bible where the prayer is voicing to God how angry at God he is. And God took it. God can handle that. But there is still a communication there. There is still this prayer saying, do you hear me, God? Like, this is what happened. And you don't seem to be saying anything about it. But there's this communication line there. okay? so say the things. The best prayers are the honest ones. If he already knows what you're thinking, you might as well say it to him. He can handle that. so um, perhaps when it comes down to it, there is there's just something in you that says, "You know what? I don't, I don't really pray because I don't. Really think it matters? Like I don't really think that it it works. Like it makes a difference. And just just be honest. I mean, you, you might say I just I just don't really think God is going to do what God's going to do. Okay, Danielle, He's going to do what He's going to do. Like, who am I? The world, our our flesh, the world wants to convince us that that's true. You know, it's too, it's too supernatural, that praying. It's like, hmm, it's getting too supernatural for me. Like, you're telling me I can just speak in the name of Jesus to this creator of all things, and, like, he actually hears me, like, he answers you, okay. All right, yeah, that, that's sweet. That's makes you feel good, okay. If that's you... I tell you what, you find somebody that prays. Okay, just do your research. Just do your research, okay? Like, find somebody that really prays, like, faithfully prays. And you sit them down and you ask them Has prayer made a difference? Like, I know that you pray. Does prayer make a difference? You ask them if they have seen any kind of transformation in themselves. You ask them if there is some way that they have really felt the Lord God, creator of everything, they've really felt the Lord God speak to them in a way that cannot be denied. You, you ask them. You ask me. I can give you a list of names. Okay? Because I can tell you in my own life Prayer has transformed me. I was not always a prayer. I can tell you right now, I was in ministry for years before I was really a prayer. That's honest. But I will tell you, on February 6th of 2020, before the world shut down, Jesus and I had to come to Jesus meeting. And he said, Danielle, you better be praying. You won't be talking to me. I want you to do it in the morning. I want you to do it at night. I want you to do it without ceasing. I want you to do it all the time. And then you tell me if it doesn't work. And so I did. I'm a different person today. I don't know how. I don't know who I would be if I hadn't started that two years ago. I don't know. God knows if I'd gone down this path. But I am a new person. I'm a new mom. I'm a new wife. I'm a new minister. I am being made new. I am very imperfect. I, and my dying day will be a great, great sinner, as Bailey reminded us. But I am being made new, and I feel that. I feel that in me. I have fallen more in love with him. I can't not. I can't not. <laughs> I can't not. He's, he's more a part of me than anything, than anyone if you ask anybody on our prayer teams, I will give you their names. Katie Daly's right there. She didn't know I was going to say that. But Katie Daly, she, if you find Laura Brownlee's over there. Okay, you got, you got, we got some prayer warriors in this building, people. And if you sat them down and you said, does prayer make a difference? They know it because they've experienced it, because they've tried it. Is it C.S. Lewis that said, Christianity has not been found easy and wanting. Christianity has been found difficult and left untried. Anybody that has tried to pray faithfully, they know it. They've tasted it. They've had that experience. Now, you may say, Dino, I get it. Okay, I get it. I should be praying, but I'm going to be honest. I don't like it. I don't like praying. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. I don't like doing it. I don't know how to do it. It feels like a monologue. I hear you. I I get that. My um, my best friend in the pla- on the planet, I met her um, in seminary, and um she will tell you if she was here today, her name's Darcy. Um, if you asked her uh the first time that we talked, <laughs> It was not, it did not go smoothly. It was, it was awkward. The conversation did not flow well. Um, She told me afterwards, she was like, I thought you were like such a total nerd. And I thought our conversation was done. Like there's, we have nothing in common here. (laughs) Um, But she's a nerd. She just didn't know it. Um, So, but I've been her best friend for 17 years now. 17 years It didn't start out super, uh, oh, you're my best friend. I just met you. It feels like we've been best friends forever. No, it didn't start out like that, people. Most relationships don't, okay? Prayer is practice. Relationships take practice. Anything worth anything in the world takes practice. You got the Lord God speaking his word to you, saying, I care, I'm listening, I'm here. You just got to you got to come this way. you got to call out to me. And he is ready for that. But it, it takes practice on our part. It's not going to feel great. But you come to me in 17 years, if you start doing it today, come to me in less than 17 years and say, okay, I, I've tasted it now. I, I know what prayer does. It, it's transforming me. I can feel it. You gotta put yourself out there. Jesus is the friend of friends. There is not a disciple hierarchy relationship there. Fuck, follow me, people. Come followers. That is not Jesus' relationship with them, and it's not his relationship with us. He is the friend of friends. Like I know I'm not there physically, guys, but I'm here. The spirit of him is all over. We've got to put ourselves out there. Because you, he calls you worthy to speak to him. He wants that from you. From Genesis 3 and before, we see him wanting to walk with the people that he created. He is not a God that changes. He is still that God that wants to walk with you. He's like that father of the prodigal son that went away and he has his arms open like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I am here with my arms open. I'm not going to close them. Let's pray together. Lord God, we we don't know how to pray. You know what? The disciples were really honest about that with you. With your son, they were like, Jesus, we don't know how to pray. Teach us to pray. We don't know what we're doing. And Jesus did. Jesus gave them a prayer to start that conversation we still have that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, we have that prayer. Lord God, we have, we have your word. We have any, any word in your book, Lord God, we can open up and we can pray it. We can pray Psalm 91. We can pray Psalm 27. We can pray Philippians 4. We can pray any, anything in this book. We can pray to you to start the conversation. Lord God, one of your promises is that when we call on you, you will answer us. And we have twisted it in this world to, to make us think that suddenly you're going to appear with an angel and you're going to tell us all of these things, and that's, that's the way our world sees it. But Lord God, you speak to the, to the depths of us. You actually speak to us in a way, if any of us have experienced it, we know. You speak to us with a peace, with a voice. With a certainty that we could never deny. Lord God, may we be people that are praying. We don't have to have a laundry list of names, we don't have to be praying for every person. We just need to be talking to you. Maybe we just pick one. Maybe each one of us says, you know what, this week I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray for this one thing week I'm just going to pray for this one thing or I'm just going to read this scripture to you God I'm just going to read it to you and say God here I am Lord God I pray may you meet us where each of us is at you know us completely you knit us together in our mother's womb you search us you know our hearts every every tear we have cried your word says that you keep it in a bottle I don't know if that's literal, but it's a beautiful point (laughs) that you, you, you know everything. And you know that we need you. May we know that we need you. May we reach out to you. May we reach out to a friend that we know praise. And may we say, hey, how do you do that? How can I do that better? love you. You are the God that frees us. You are the God that sets us apart for a purpose. We love you. May we cry out in the good times and the bad times. And it's in your glorious son, Jesus, the ultimate prayer. It's in his name that we pray.